And so am I. Okay, boys, take one. Dum 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 be dum 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 be dum 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 be And it's ice cream season. Get Woo. the Beach Boys back together, PJ. We're getting, it's getting hot, and that can only mean one thing. What's that? That it is time for the Beach Boys to be in our ears singing shitty music. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Beach Boys Boys, the world's number one podcast about the world's preeminent surf rock group, hosted by your boys, PJ. And I'm Pete. He's Pete. That's you know. Right. Both of our names start with a P, which is really inconvenient mm-hmm. for uh, microphone usage. No, it's really good because you got to pop your peas, PJ. Pop your peas. That's right. Yeah. A little, little part of the kimono here. We don't use those fancy fangled pop filters that everybody's talking about. You did at one point, right? Didn't we used to have one on one of the mics? <laughs> it was and a, then it went away. It was a foam thing. Yeah. It, that's a windscreen. Oh, yeah. gotcha. And but, that's different than the popping thing. In what way? No, I hear you're supposed to talk to the side of the microphone. That's what they say in recording yeah. in recording booths. When I've done VO work, um, you know, voiceover for those not in the yeah. biz, um, they always get me to talk into the side, and they tell me to talk pop my peas. Yeah, those are both great things. Yeah, and you want to pretty you want to be at least four or five feet away from the microphone, right? Just so you have to oh, shout a little bit to. It's not acting if you're not shouting. It's not acting if you're not <laughs> shouting. We've all we've all learned yeah. that many times from many. Many famous actors. Exactly. It's not you ever seen the Robin Williams recording for Genie? Because <laughs> have you ever seen the microphone? Maybe literally any actor act in any movie. <laughs> oh yeah, good point. Yeah, uh, Holly Weird, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That was a good one. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'd hate when those Holly. You know, I just uh, for those oh, for those. I mean, that's a little bit of an inside joke. Actually, I realized down here in in beautiful yeah. An- sunny Anaheim, California, but. You know, we're we're pretty near the neighborhood of Hollywood, California. That's true. Uh, where they record, um, they call it the Land of Film, Silver Screen, USA. And uh, it's where they record, um, uh, like, all the famous movies you've seen. Um, movies? Yeah. Uh, let's oh, see. motion pictures. Battlefield Earth. Yeah. Apocalypse Now. Uh, Apollo 13. No, that was the moon. Um, are you telling me they did they make it to the moon in Apollo 13 well first because I know they you, die on the way back are you telling me they didn't <laughs> film Battlefield Earth on location no that one that, that was a little sleight of hand John Travolta it? yeah he pulled hey, one over on that's you. who it was ah uh, yes John Travolta Johnny T yeah oops we had trouble last week yeah makes sense um, now, I, I th- and so th- we're right next to Hollywood. Yeah. And so sometimes, though, the business, as they call it here, uh, they call the business the business. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a good one. It's, it's so odd. Things are so strange. Like, you can't believe what you're seeing. No. Nope. Sometimes they call it Hollyweird, PJ. Yeah. And that's just a little, yeah, a little peek inside the curtain for you. Oh, my God, PJ. <laughs> this is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a segment or... It's just something important, or are you gonna go into Van it? Dyke's Park, Van Dyke Parks has a Twitter. <laughs> he does. We follow him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's why we're getting notifications from it. Yeah, is he still alive? 
Van Dyke, yeah, he's still alive, I think. So, what, he and Randy Newman are off, like, doing coke off hookers somewhere? Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. I, I don't think they'd do it off hookers. I think they'd no, be snoring it off piano keys. That makes sense, yeah. actually. They'd be singing like this and playing a piano. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Works for me. I could have done a better Randy Newman, I think. Yeah. That's all I listen to mail is that yeah. Van Dyke Parks retweeted something this week, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. That's about all the... Li- oh, I have an update. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would love to hear an update on what exactly. We have sold one piece of Ooh, merchandise, beautiful. baby. We need a merch, we need a merch song. Let's see. What's what's it's got to be something off Fifteen Big Ones where they cash in. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Where they sell out the most? Yeah. All right, merch update, PJ. Merch update. We sold. What kind of money have we made off our number one hit single? Six dollars. Awesome. Better send me half. Uh, I will. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Since you designed the art, uploaded it to the website, did all the work, do all of our editing. Yeah. I better get a straight half. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, we sold a double XL sweat, beautiful okay. Anaheim, California sweatshirt. Nice, yeah, for a for a big boy out there. Big boy, yeah. yeah. Or little, somebody who wants to be really comfy. a little 1978 Brian out yeah. there. <laughs> or Carl, most of the time. Yeah, yeah. true. Oh, make me sad. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> seems mean he's not dead yet i guess so we can still make fun of him i thought you meant in life and i was like oh peter i've got some bad news you clearly haven't read that far how long do you think it took oh okay is that our merch update um well you can uh oh yeah you you can can tell them where to buy you can buy merch at uh teespring.com sure is that t-e-e or t-s it is t-e-e okay um as in t you know honestly last time i checked (laughs) Uh, T, T as in T? Yeah. Okay. Last time I checked, um, when we sold merch, was mm-hmm. yesterday? We, sure. We could we have sold have more. Sold more. I'll you might as well again. check. Yeah. Um, it is teespring.com slash stores slash the, T-H-E, okay. dash B-B-B, and then probably podcast? I don't know. I can't see all cool. of it. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I want to, yeah, uh, the dash BBB dash podcast. Perfect. Not to be confused with any other BBB podcast. Yeah. Or BBB not. that's not a podcast, I guess. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, let's see how many we've sold, Pete. One person's loving probably their merch, one. probably. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're expecting the five-star review to roll in any day now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, they really put themselves in a corner with the name Teespring because they sell so much more than that. They project. do. We've got stickers. We've got Hooded sweatshirts, sweatshirts. Yeah. And T-shirts. And thong bikinis. I think we can do that. I think that would be very funny. We'd better. Um, six, yeah, no, we've just made the $6. Put bushy, bushy blonde hairdo <laughs> on on the front of the bikini. What, what was my rap lyric? Oh, uh, something about got face. the got the bushy blonde, blonde hairdo. hairdo with the pussy to match. Yeah, let's put that on a sure. On a Why bikini. not, man? That won't get us in trouble, in trouble? at all no, in 2019. We won't be <laughs> <laughs> Can you cancel someone who is doesn't have any fame at all anyway? Like, that's a good question for our time. Now that's a thought experiment, PJ. How? Yeah. What is the level of fame? They, because technically, we're not nobody because we <laughs> put a podcast out on the true, internet. That's true. Yeah, but. Technically, maybe we'll like that, dude, that a they, maximum of like yeah. maybe seventy people have ever heard the podcast. If, <laughs> if we get fired from uh, 
Sorry, if we ever get hired to mm-hmm. be on SNL, they'll fire us for listen or after they listen to this. That's like, true. Like that one guy. Have you thought about your your legacy or your job prospects in the future? That someday an employer might listen back to this and uh, think your jokes aren't funny, PJ. Uh, my name is that you're not appropriate <laughs> for yeah, their workplace. That I am making a lot of. Uh, I don't know. It's not anti-Semitic. What is it mm. for Asian folks? Anti-Asian? <laughs> sure. I guess. Yeah. Um, jokes i don't yeah. make those a lot and also no. i have put my name nowhere on this podcast we try not to because yep. it turns out in the beach boys podcast minorities don't really come up that often Weird. so it's kind of hard to make fun of them <laughs> yeah it's strange <laughs> when that we're only talking about white people yeah. all the time ricky however, Bondi, we love you yeah. yeah however we will our claim to fame is we're the most diverse beach boys podcast that's true and very true we're gonna stick to that yeah we're gonna stick to that <laughs> stick to being the most diverse yeah. What always amazes me about people who get caught for saying something inappropriate on a podcast is that, like, unless it's a very famous podcast with, yeah. you know, thousands and thousands, if not millions of listeners who would, like, write down quotes or re-listen to it just on a moment's notice, like, that means someone had to go listen to, like, an exactly. episode, like, an hour and a half episode of probably a really fucking boring podcast just to find, like, the one two-minute section where someone was an idiot. Well, and, and you would, you would uh, think fuck that, themselves up. that fans of that podcast yeah. would, you know, not want to like be like, hey, that guy on SNL, he's a racist. Yeah. Um, you would think they'd be like, cool, my, one of my favorite podcasters on <laughs> SNL. But no, I don't think anybody <laughs> went back and was like, oh, this guy that they're hiring for on, uh, hiring for on SNL and mm-hmm. uh, he's a podcast. Yeah. Let's see if he said any shitty things. Yeah. Turns out he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why we... Um, I think we might be safe just out of yeah. the pure, like, I'm I'm almost positive if you Googled you and I, yeah. this podcast would not show up. Because no. it doesn't show up when you Google the podcast name. Exactly. So I can't imagine it's very easy to find no. and know that we're even connected to it. Plus, I, I doubt our last names are associated with it anywhere, really. I've not put them on anything. Yeah, I don't think we've ever said them um, on the show either. Oh, we've said them on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Eh, get back there and believe them. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good call. Um <laughs> But PJ, I'm gunning to be a politician someday, man. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. I want to be mayor of Anaheim, California, someday. Oh, Follow in my great grandfather's footsteps, the founder of Anaheim, California, Mr. Bob John Anaheim. Anaheim. Okay, mm. yeah. sorry. Okay. Well, it's John Robert, yeah. yeah but just, his friends yeah. called him Bob. You yeah. obviously, just you've like, seen the memorial statue, but you yeah. you didn't know him, so God, that's fine. Weird big bulge on that statue. Oh yeah, he's got yeah. a huge slong hanging from yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They uh, carved in a member. The artist um, was inspired by Robert Plant's pants. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it's not really historically accurate, but it was, you know. But he was super into the song remains the same at the time, mm-hmm. so it just makes sense. Yeah. He had yeah. to put a cucumber down there. Yeah. So, PJ, in some in some uh, podcast Beach Boys news, some local to the podcast Beach Boys news, I understand yeah. you came across a, a piece of gold at I the record store this week. did, and we talked about it when we talked about this album. We talked about mm-hmm. The Beach Boys Love You. Mm-hmm. And how neither of us, I don't think, had ever, ever seen yeah. it. At, uh, like, wouldn't have known it existed if I didn't get that much more into The Beach Boys. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah, never would have. And I would have probably looked at it and been like, oh, that's a cool album cover, and then put it back. But then never, yeah. And then never thought about it. would have been it. 1977, who cares? Yeah. Exactly. But I got it. Yeah, I you got it. it. Um, beautiful condition. Where is it? It's. Do you want me to grab it? Yeah, I want to right. see it. That's the whole reason I brought it up. PJ texted me about it the other day, and I was waiting eagerly. Oh, it is beautiful. 
I just I can't believe they had it, and I can't believe for five fucking dollars. Yeah, dude. It is incredible. Wow, it is in beautiful shape. Yeah. And with the sleeve, is this the original sleeve? Fuck yeah. yeah. Original pressing. Holy shit. I really love the um it's like the matte cardboard thing where it's kind of rough on the outside, which yeah. is gorgeous. I love that. And it makes it, you know, I was saying with this album cover, I would really like it if it was uh, textured. And? And it is. It is textured. And it makes yeah. it so much better. It makes the cross-stitch thing seem way cooler. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh. What's that? They're just really cute on the back, man. Yeah. I mean, Brian... Brian kind of looks like if Andy Circus went to shit, right? Oh, a little bit. In that yeah. one photo, at least, he's like squinting he in a weird way, and he's got some golem to it him. Looks a little, little bit also, Al sweet. does not look like Al at all. Al's like squinting and like looking up and wearing a weird hat in a way where he kind of just looks yeah. like Mike. At first glance, I would have said that was Mike because yeah, of his but weird then hat. it's like clearly Mike to the left. Yeah, this is their uh, beard stage, huh? As, where they all have as beards. Rocky Horror would say, Mike yeah. to the left, Mike to the right. Pardon? Never mind. Is Rocky Horror a friend of yours? Yeah. Rocky Horror, the show would say. Uh, The Time Warp is the song I'm referencing, PJ. (coughs) This really is in beautiful condition. I love the Brother Records on it. Man. Yeah. That's a great find, PJ. Do they have other good Beach Boys stuff or just this? No, they had uh, like six copies of Light Album. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Interesting. I did not I feel like if one was in good shape and it was cheap, it'd be kind of fun just to have. Oh, they were all cheap. Yeah. And all in pretty good condition. Eh, maybe I should go grab one. Yeah, it's not like anyone listened to it after the first time. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, I turned to Brendan and I said, hey, this is the worst album. <laughs> they didn't have any of the truly worst album. Wow, Brian right here on the top left is performing in what looks like a giant kimono robe oh thing that's like half open yeah. on stage. So truly. Did he just wear a robe on stage, man? You'd have to guess so. It's pretty wild there, uh. So these are all photos on the album sleeve from the Sweet 16 New Year's Eve Beach Boys concert and party, which looks pretty dope. They had like a, f- a light up Beach Boys logo yeah. that looked like it was like made of it fireworks like or fire. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or like sparklers. And it's really cool. But like, oh, Denny's got an all clear drum set. Nice. This was probably a really good show. I got to imagine. Yeah. I wonder if. I wonder if they played any songs off of Love You. <laughs> Maybe one for Brian. Oh, yeah. I would I would highly doubt it. Yeah. Wow. Great find, PJ. All Thank right. You. Well, that answers the question that if anyone out there finds a copy of vinyl, Love You on Vinyl, it is worth picking up Truly. at twice the price. Yeah. I mean, this is in good enough shape. I'm really surprised it was that cheap, yeah. especially because I kind of thought this was a hipster album these days. And yeah. we live, you know, Anaheim's a pretty hip city, yeah, a exactly. pretty music-oriented city. People are calling um, it the new Portland. <laughs> PJ, you want to know where this album was made? What is that? It, do you do want to take a guess? Uh, does it just say Brian's living room? Surf City, USA. <laughs> 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 that sounds like something they do on Keeping the Summer Alive, but not Love yeah. You. That's hilarious, man. I wonder if that's is Surf City. Um, Surf where did they record City. Love You? Did I've they? already forgotten. That was like three episodes ago uh, that we talked about they Love You. part of it. Uh, like where they recorded Pet Sounds. Okay. Right? I don't remember. I think so, right? And then they recorded some of it in like Brian's home studio. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Because um, he produced all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, that brings up your Beach Boys vinyl collection to three, correct? I think four. Party, Pet Sounds, Love You, and. Today. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they had. I think my only one is Today. Oh, no. And then Holland. And then I have a reissue of. 
Wild Honey and Friends, but from like the early seventies where it was a double album package yeah. that came with both of those. So every time counts, I go, to oh, and then I have twenty twenty. Sorry, <laughs> flip through uh, Beach Boys. You have a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, because that's actually how I got into them. Weirdly, it yeah. was during my vinyl phase, and yeah. so I got really into their vinyl. And then don't actually own that many, all in all. But yeah, I. Uh, I look. I look through the Beach Boys uh, section every every mm-hmm. time I go because I I would like to own like Wild Honey. I mean, um, pretty much everything before. I mean, not including Love You. Everything seventy three and earlier would be cool to own. Yeah, like they're all cool album covers. They're all decent enough albums yeah. that it would be fun to have. They they had uh, Summer Days and Summer Nights, and I was like, it wasn't good enough to like pick up then. Oh, yeah. it's a great album cover though. But. It's a good album cover. I feel like that's getting old enough that if you ever find one in really good shape, it's just going to be expensive because it's from 65. I don't know. I got uh, um, A Hard Day's Night in like perfect condition, original The pricing. American version? American version. Mm, that's why. People don't want the American version. Isn't like the back half of the American version? No, I'm thinking of Help. The back yeah. half of the American Help is all soundtrack songs instead yeah. of Beatles songs. But um, Okay, cool. I got it for like 20 bucks. Yeah, twenty five percent off. So really, I got it for fifteen bucks. I did math. Yeah, I did it good. Anyway, Pete, they recorded it in Brother Studios, which I actually. Oh, I don't know where that is. Yeah, I don't either. Like, because originally Brother Studios was Brian's home studio, so maybe it still is. But it was like, but then it says something about oh yeah, because this is when Landy um, like had the guy with the baseball bat standing around for Brian to record, and then he'd he'd reward him with a. uh, it's in, with a uh, joint at the end of a good day. Established by brothers Brian, Carl, in and Santa Dennis. Monica. Santa Monica. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Wow. It was uh, just a storefront. Interesting. Well, I wonder what they were selling. Oh, Elton John showed up there. GM Dutch. The Runaways, really? Wow. That's the coolest music ever made in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Love you. Love is pretty Coolest good. music, there for you sure. Go. Yeah, I wouldn't call Love You Cool. I just think it's a good no. album. No, no, not really. Well, PJ, do you want to start catching up with the 80s Beach Boys? I think we ought, because we left something out. Of, well, you left something yeah. out of the last episode. Oh, yeah, there's a very big hanging chad from the last episode that um, Has a hanging chad? I'm sure. Oh, that's funny. Thanks. Ah, man, imagine if Gore had won. Imagine how different our lives would be now. Never, never see 9-11. Never go to Iraq. Obama would never be president. Trump would still be president. I everything you're saying, I don't know anything about. Oh, okay. I vaguely see. This remember is good. 9/11. This is what we're talking about. We don't want to get into politics on this show. No, yeah. I vaguely remember 9/11. That's what you mm-hmm. dial when there's a fire. Sure. Yeah. Other than that, if there's a fire in the in the World Trade Center, do you call 9/11? That's too soon. How confusing do you think that got that day? <laughs> I don't think we can make 9-11 jokes, Pete. What? This it's is... been 18 years. PJ, we're the last generation that remembers 9-11, so we have to make jokes about it. Well, it's true, or else nobody's there to make jokes. We're, you know, we're both, well, I'm a, I'm a very old man, but PJ, you're a younger man, <laughs> and true. you've told me many times that you feel the oldest you've ever felt when you talk to, like, an 18-year-old who doesn't remember yeah, 9-11. who was born in 2001. Because that's wild. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. That's an insane way to live your life. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, there was a big old hanging chad as we were talking about hanging chad. Hey, that was on uh, Bob Anaheim statue of hanging chad. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, is that because we didn't or I 
didn't give a shit about Mike. I didn't even research what he was up to in the early 80s, aside from fucking over Denny and Brian. Exactly. Well, so are we going to talk about that this episode? Fucking over Denny and Brian? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. We talked about it last episode. I'm confused. Uh, Did we? Okay. How did he fuck over Denny and Brian? Well, by kicking them out of the band. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought we were getting into lawsuit territory. Oh, no, no, no. That's in the 90s. Yeah, we're right. not in the '90s yet. See, I didn't know when that was. Uh, that'll be after our Pearl Jam episode, the most, the biggest Beach Boys influenced band of our modern age. Pearl Jam. Yeah. Do you know that Pearl Jam means come? Yeah. Did you know that Beach Boys means jizz? Whoa, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Surfing USA. <laughs> More like surfing poo USA. Surfing pussy. So, um. <laughs> You saved it. <laughs> you definitely saved yeah, it there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, so Mike Love in 1981 also had a fucking solo record uh, at the same time yeah, that Carl w- Wilson which did. we did not talk about. Which is insane that Mike Love had a solo record. Um, the album cover is legitimately one of the worst album covers I've ever seen in my entire life. And I, I'm really not exaggerating just because it's Mike Love. I've seen that album cover. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like a cast off of the village people. He does. He or looks like, he looks like. He looks like he fell off the boat uh, where the village people were on. And then uh, yeah. he had a real fucking. What's that movie? Wilson. Castaway oh, okay. situation yeah. going on. He's wearing the shiniest leather jacket you've ever seen. <laughs> I don't think it's real. Like leather. in a way. No, it has to be fake leather. Um, Yeah. Mike loves the kind of guy who would show up to a party in 1981 wearing that jacket, yep. um, be mistaken for a homosexual man in 1981, mm-hmm. uh, be called a leather daddy, and then just walk around introducing <laughs> himself to ladies, thinking that leather daddy was just a cool thing to call himself. Yeah. Hey, I'm the leather I'm daddy. Leather daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they'd all go, okay, you creepy old man. Cool. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and then he's wearing a Los Angeles Dodgers baseball cap. Pulled which, very far down his forehead. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Fine, you know, whatever. Uh, and then he's like leaning against a wall with a sunset and water yep. behind him. And then it's some very, very 80s font for Mike Love, Looking Back with Love. Um, which, <laughs> Looking Back with Love is kind of a great album name. No, I it's have a to great say. album name. I, I will give him dope. that. Uh, everything else about it, I imagine, is awful. Now, let's hear the title track. Do you think he did all of these harmonies just stacked? <laughs> I hope so. It sounds like it's being played at like the wrong speed. Yeah. This is bad. Whoa. We're already into desegregation. Ooh. Holy shit, Mike. Did you learn nothing from uh, student <laughs> from demonstration student time? Demonstration time? Um, the YouTube comments on this are pretty gold, man. Uh, oh, yeah? Chords, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get why so much hate from YouTubers towards Mike Love. Mike Love is up there with his cousin Brian as a musical genius. This is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know. It could have been on any of the Beach Boys albums. So far from what we've heard. Could have been on Keeping the Summer Alive. It's not good. No. That's for damn sure. So, yeah. So, Mike did that, and uh, we all forgot, which is great. Um, 
Let's see. What are some other fun news? Uh, so in the early 80s, uh, the Beach Boys played concerts, these like yearly 4th of July concerts in on the National Mall. Yeah. They, um, do, they did that for a while. Yeah. 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 So, but in like 1983 or 84, uh, they were ban like they weren't allowed back by some staffer on in the Reagan administration because they peed on the Alamo. <laughs> yeah, on the Alamo. Where do you think the National Mall is, BJ? <laughs> it runs from Washington D.C. to San Antonio, yeah, Texas. San Antonio. Yeah. Um. So they got uh they got banned by this staffer um because they attracted the wrong element. <laughs> hippies yeah which is pretty great drug users and alcoholics oh my which now mike love would be reagan's favorite person well okay so what's kind of funny is that apparently then like someone i don't know a reporter or someone like followed up on it and asked reagan and then vice president george bush um, hw bush yeah yeah and so uh bush said they're my friends and i like their music and then reagan like um apparently was also friends with the beach boys like legitimately had like met them before and stuff huh. and said the same thing like well no they're they're awesome why are we uh kicking them off so like basically just played it off as a laugh like just gave some funny yeah. quote about how his staffer was dumb but it also out of all of this we get an amazing picture of reagan bruce johnston uh al man there's no way that's denny but it kind of looks like denny but I don't know what year this is from, I'm realizing. Let me try and figure out what year it's from. Uh, and then Mike Love and Brian with Reagan. Is it as good as the Elvis With Reagan and picture? Nancy Reagan. Um, oh, it's, I uh, yeah, it's as good. It's definitely as good. All right. No, 83. Man, so who the fuck is that? Because it doesn't look like Carl. Okay, so. Well, didn't, um, didn't Denny die in 83? At the end of 83, I guess. So that guy between Mike and I guess that's Al. Yeah. That vaguely looks like Denny. Oh, that's Denny. Yeah. Let me see. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. then Bruce. So then Carl's not there. Carl maybe was on a solo tour, I guess. I don't know. Oh, that's Joe Walsh. Really? That's Joe oh, Walsh. Okay, interesting. Look, right. Yeah, look at him. That's Joe Walsh. I mean, I guess, man. I don't know what Joe Walsh looked like in 83, honestly. He looks like honestly. that, Okay. You can, for people who aren't seeing the picture, you can literally see like a third of this person's yeah. face in a way that makes it very, but he has a giant nose, which is that's, why I thought it was Denny. That's why I think it's Joe But that's Walsh. why you think it's Joe Walsh. Yeah. Uh, Brian's looking trim, but out of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike looks like he's having the time of his life, of course, he's because he's hanging Reagan. out with Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah. And then Bruce also looks like he's having the time of his life, but in a very fake way, which is Bruce's whole thing, I think, is faking it. So well, it's a really sad boys, so it's working for him. photo of a bunch of old white people, in my <laughs> opinion. Um, yeah, so apparently they were favorites of <laughs> good old of Reagan, Reagan. Yeah. Uh, which makes a lot of sense, honestly. Yeah. Although it's disappointing. Do you think this is when? Uh, well, they actually, turned from hippies into well, at least Mike into a conservative. Oh yeah, I think so for sure. Yeah, yeah. this is when it, he seems like one 80s. of those musician types who's like, oh, the president's interested in me. Maybe I should get into politics, yeah. you know, and then just like does at the just most base the level. Exact wrong thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and then um, Reagan, I have to assume, though, is the kind of Beach Boys fan who doesn't like anything off Pet Sounds and or from the late yeah. 60s. A real classic. Like 15 dad. big ones and like uh, Summer Days and Summer Nights are his favorite albums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loves Little Deuce Coop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You like Little Deuce Coop, though. 
I mean, it's a fine song, but it would never be a reason yeah. that I love that band. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> um, okay. So also a great note from their fourth, from their era of Fourth of July shows in 1984, uh, they played back to back shows on Fourth of July, uh, like a day show in Philadelphia, and then went down to I think Baltimore or Washington huh. D.C. somewhere down. I mean, those yeah. are kind of right next to each other, but um, somewhere down there to play a night show. And for some reason, uh, Jimmy Page played both shows with them. Whoa! Yeah, or at least played some songs with them in both shows. So there's that's like a 12 minute video of him playing a bunch of songs. We're gonna skip around it a little bit. Yes, if people want to look it up amazing. to watch, um, I think this is no secret. You and I are both pretty big Zeppelin fans. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, this is it, it's incredible for so many reasons. Yeah. PJ, uh, just for those of you who aren't that familiar with Led Zeppelin, they had broken up by this point. Yeah, because um, Jimmy Page was in 80. the Firm, I think, yeah. at this point, a weird band with who else was oh, in that shit. band? There um, was some other famous person in it. Yeah, and I cannot think of them right now. Um, Robert Plant was, you know, doing his own. Uh, Paul like Rogers, stuff. Jimmy Page. That's right, yeah. Paul Rogers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they'd broken up because their drummer died. 1980. Uh, in 1980. Yeah. And um, at this point, I think Jimmy Page was either just off heroin or was still on it, but it was for like the he was, 14th year yeah. he was on heroin. I forget exactly where he was at with heroin at this point. He's he not didn't in good get shape. clean until like the late 80s, early 90s, okay. I think. Yeah. Let's say I, either way, yeah. he's in terrible fucking condition. Before you start this. He is a husk of a man. Yeah. Would you would you mind playing some PSA music? Not at all. All right, all you... PSA, PSA. All you listeners out there, if you're a drummer... <laughs> or James Dean. Or James Dean. Just don't, don't drink. Don't do drugs because you sure. will die. There's a proud tradition of drummers getting too high or drunk and then just dying, yeah. choking on your own puke. However, Keith Moon died, I think, in overdose. <laughs> I think so. And going uh, swimming while yeah. you're drunk. Yeah. So if you're a drummer, a rock drummer, mm-hmm. don't drink, please. This is from the Beach Boys Boys to you. Great PSA, PJ. Thank you. Appreciated that. Yeah. And all the drummers out there probably appreciate it, too. I hope so. All right. You want to watch Jimmy Page with the Beach Boys? Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> Others, including Jimmy Page, will play at the Philadelphia Art Museum starting at 4 p.m. This guy's a real dweeb. After that yes. show, they are all going to hop a train to, yes, Washington, D.C. Mr. Okay, Watt, where are yeah. you? They're going to be performing this again later in the evening. I thought it was 84. It said 85 at the top. Oh, okay. Oh so God. Jimmy's he's, in the middle with as long of hair as he did in 78 for some reason. And he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt and white pants. Yeah, to match the rest of them. Mike yeah. looks like he's 95 years old. Yeah. And Bruce is up there in short yellow shorts and a red shirt with a yeah. towel over his shoulder like he's fucking walking into yeah. the tennis club. Maybe he's going to the sauna after this. He looks like such an idiot. Uh, so the guy singing You Can't See, their touring guitarist for some reason is singing yeah. lead on this song because none of the rest of them want to or care. <laughs> There's, sounds like there's two Al's people singing. Barely playing. He's playing. Yeah, so Bruce is singing some backups here. Yeah. I'm almost positive the second performance we're gonna see is dubbed. Yeah. But we'll get to that when we get and, to it. Uh, Mike is playing a tambourine. All right, oh, come wait, on, wait, Jimmy. Wait. That would be the coolest part of this concert. It does not fit. 
I mean, I love Jimmy Page, but it's a pretty objectively bad solo, right? Oh, yeah. Like, he's just wailing in the, like, I can play guitar kind of way. Yeah. There's no tunefulness. And it's not even... It's for not, Jimmy Page, it's not impressive at all. No. For, like, a teenager just learning, it's really impressive. Yeah. For it, Jimmy Page, it's If a this piece was of shit. fucking Carl in the 60s yeah, playing yeah, this, exactly. I'd be like, I'd lose my fucking mind. Um, but I just don't want to undersell the mic playing a tambourine while yeah. dancing like a dad at a wedding. Right next to Jimmy Page. Yeah. Fucking right next to How much do you think Jimmy Page is getting paid to do this? Oh. And or how much... No, that's the only reason I can imagine him doing it. Drugs or money. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe they paid him just in straight coke. Yeah. Come on. The yawn winner. He had to bonus. have made all the money from this concert. Yeah. All right. We're going to skip after this song to yeah. the second show, but we'll let this play out a little bit. I just... It's Bruce's so weird. towel goes to his knees on both <laughs> sides of his shoulder. Maybe it's and a he's scarf. Maybe, but why? It doesn't make sense either No, way. none of it makes any sense. Like, it looks kind of like the 80s turtleneck over the shoulder thing, but it's yeah. not. It just is a weird scarf or towel. God, white pants are so fucking ugly. Yeah. Wow, now he's playing through, like, a weird flange pedal or something? Yeah, it's like a like a modified Wawa. Yeah. It's still not good. None of this is good. I think, mean, it's amazing, but... Do you think he's, like, toning it down a little bit because he's like, it's a Beach Boys No, gig. I think he's trying really hard. Really? <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, I think he's really, really out of it, and he's trying super hard. I mean, it's 85, so, you know, he wasn't really doing much. Their guitar player has a decent voice, but, like, a decent wedding band voice. Yeah. It's not like a... Like, I'm not impressed that he's playing with the Beach Boys, but I would be impressed if he was, like, yeah, I don't know. At a wedding. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why uh, Mike is dancing that way. I feel like we've made wedding band comparisons to this era of the Beach Boys oh, before. 100%. All right. So I'm going to mute it while we get to the late show. Yeah. So they're playing some song. There's a really legendary part. Like, oh, yeah, it is 85. I don't know why I wrote down 84. Um, so in the second show, by the end, um, they cut Jimmy Page off. Oh. Like in the middle of his solo. So we're going to get to that point. Holy shit. That sounds yeah. amazing. Like they literally unplug him and just like go to the horns. Did there. Forrest like, Gump him? It's wild. Okay, let's see. what I wrote down the time that it's at, 7.45 into the video. So we'll start at about seven minutes. and It's a long song. Like, they're just doing these weird jam songs with him. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, they toured with the Grateful Dead, so they're probably used to that kind yeah, of shit. Right. All right. Oh, yeah, Barbara Ann. Oh. That's amazing that he does a solo on Barbara Ann. Okay, so Mike is definitely... Well, so Al technically sings lead on this song. The first song on this, Mike is... That guy's singing lead. Oh, he is. Okay, the guitar player again. Um, the first song, we'll skip back to it after this. Mike is definitely lip-syncing. Yeah. Like, he barely is holding the mic to his face mm -hmm. while he's supposedly singing lead. It's incredible how blatant he is. All right, so Jimmy's in the back again. Testify. Ah, uh, yes, the Barbara Ann solo we wanted to hear. Ooh, that guy's loving it. Shirtless yeah. guy. Ooh, they're doing the can-can. And notice how it'll just suddenly stop. Oh, and Whoa. then the camera cuts back, and he's definitely still playing. And Mike's like, please play something else, horn players. It's pretty incredible. Like, Jimmy's in the back, still, still soloing. soloing, not realizing that he's turned off. 
yeah. he's done now. It's and then he thinks he's done because that's the end of the middle eighth solo part. Holy shit! And then Carl gives their uh, touring guy a little nod here. <laughs> little, uh, he just raised his eyebrows. Like, that's like, what happened, huh? Yeah. yeah. We're gonna go with that, huh? Yeah. All right. Wow. wow. Also. I mean, even if this was like a free Fourth of July show, not yeah. sure I would have enjoyed the. I mean, it would have been cool to see Jimmy Page, I guess. But. Yeah. Oh, holy right. shit! So let's get back to the. How old? How did I know? I watched it like nine times just audacity. to make sure that that's what was happening, and that's what was happening. It's the Beach Boys. It was cutting really off incredible. A better musician. It's the than coolest any of thing that's happened to them be. since the Beach Boys "Love You." Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, and Patti Smith writing about it. <laughs> yeah. That's the closest they've ever been to cool rock music. And um, they fucked the 70s, it up. They, they, or since yeah, the seventies, they yeah. fucked it up real bad. All right, so here's Shit. okay. All right. Oh, oh, yeah. Like he, he pulls down the mic in the middle of a line. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, maybe someone else is singing. No one else this is singing also, wait, into wait, their wait, microphones. One second. I think it's the original it vocal is. take. That's not yeah. even. They didn't even do it well. They didn't even see. Take... So obviously, everyone's singing backing vocals. Al and Carl. And then Mike is just like so obviously not singing lead. Oh, not at all. And you can tell because like yeah. it doesn't sound like him at all. No, it sounds like the studio version. Yeah. But everybody else is very clearly actually doing it. Yeah. Man, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. I've never seen someone so blatantly lip sync. It's yeah. actually kind of incredible. It's the kind of thing where like. Was this before lip syncing was common enough that people they maybe didn't notice? Yeah, like they didn't realize that's what was happening. Fun fact about so uh, he could just not sing into the mic, and people were too dumb to realize. That could be, <laughs> or maybe I don't know, man. No, because people got mad uh, at Van Halen when they found okay. out that because uh, um, Eddie Van Halen would play all of the keyboard stuff on there. Studio or on the like albums, yeah, and then they got mad when they found out that it was uh, like uh, a recording when they did it live, so then okay. they had to get a keyboard player to do it, ah, uh, yeah. So, like, pe- people knew, and like, I don't know, that's so weird, yeah, man. So, that guy, by the way, I think, and the message board people are gonna hate me, but it was really yeah. hard to find good pictures of these people, like from '85, yeah. but I found their lineup of Begging Man. I think that guy who was playing guitar and singing lead was either Jeff Foskett or Billy Hinch. Okay, but I'm not positive. Not that it really matters yeah. that much, but don't, I searched really don't hard. Scramble. Yeah, I searched really hard to try and find it because, like, he apparently was just their de facto lead singer yeah. there. That's um, what it's, he was singing lead. But on. then, like, so I, I could only find a list of the band members, and then none of them looked like them now. Of course, yeah. so it was hard to tell. But don't yell at us on Twitter for getting that wrong, folks. I yeah. know you're going to be so upset. But um, do you want to know their set list for Live Aid in '85? Yeah, I think I read this before, though. Okay, yeah. Um, they also, so by the way, they sang backup vocals on an REO Speedwagon song. Um, Which oh no, I'm thinking BTO. I was like, the guy uh, Carl wrote yeah. with. No, no, no. Uh, on Roll With The Changes. You know, if you look at a Bachman Turner Overdrive album, it's yeah. mostly Bachman and Turner writing the songs. Yeah. Where the fuck does Overdrive come in? Overdrive is a fucking slacker. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. But they would always give him, like, Ringo, like, one song to sing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's really nice how they included him. He was just kind of the little brother, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A regular uh, Carl. So five-song set list. California Girls. Of course. Help Me Rhonda. Wouldn't It Be Nice, which apparently Brian sang. Ah. Yeah. Good Vibrations, Surfing USA. I bet that was a shitty, shitty set. I'd like to see the middle part. 
wonder if we could find you t- uh, the Beach oh, Boys yeah. at Live Aid. The whole, the whole concert is on YouTube, oh, I well. think. Wouldn't it be nice that was the one? Yeah. I, I think that'd be an amazing song to see Live, live Aid. I mean, it's a good song. Wow. Yeah, all right. First thing. Wow, Brian. Holy shit. Silly. So Brian's playing keyboard yeah. and wearing a weird, like, yeah, cut-off button-up. He looks way better than he did. He actually sounds really good. Right? Am I crazy? He does sound really good, and it doesn't like sound like... Like, he has none of his weird gruffness anymore. He sounds kind of like maybe he did back did. then. Yeah. Well, I think the gruff thing was a bit of a short-term thing in the 70s. I'm not positive about that, but... He still kind of has his weird old man Andy Circus look, though. And he's definitely singing live. Yeah. Like, for sure. But he sounds good, man. Yeah. They could turn up his mic a little bit, but whatever. Maybe they were unsure whether he would actually sound that good. Yeah. And Carl is, like, Carl really Carl's in a full suit. The man. 80s. Yeah. Wow. That is the most 80s suit. And it has to be fucking hot. Philly in July. That guy's just oh, holding We're going to see that photo later in this episode, PJ. Guy's holding up a little photo of the Beach Boys. Mike's singing live this time. He is, yeah. They all just look old, man. I mean, I yeah. know they're like in their mid-40s now, but... Everybody in the 80s looked old. They just look very old. Like, um, And they're even like in decent shape. I mean, I don't know. It's yeah. not like people in the 80s are out of shape. But For example, George Harrison died in 2001. In the 80s, he looked yeah. older than he did when he died. Weird. Like, people did... Like, when all those 70s guys cut their hair in the 80s, all of them aged about 10 years. Exactly. It's, it's crazy so how old they look. And that's what happened here. Because Carl doesn't look that old. Yeah. It's just the suit right. that's making him look a little And when, when Robert Plant cut his hair in, like, 1982 or whatever, he, he so all of a sudden old. aged he looked a good like a 10 dad. years. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Same with um, I have that shirt. Glenn Fry. Is that who I'm thinking yeah. of? Yeah. I think so. He also aged, like, a million years when he, took, when he did his 80s look for his solo record. This is pretty good, actually. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I dig this. Oh, wait. But yeah, wait, Carl gotta, looks amazing in 85. Wow, someone's reaching for those. That might be Mike. Ooh, this is where Al starts yeah, to look the Mike's most like a fucking gremlin. Yeah. Mike's really reaching for those last notes, but yeah. pretty good. Yeah. All right, nice. Yeah. Beach Boys Alive Aid. So the Beach Boys were, you know, I don't know. Their live shows at least were probably okay. I mean, well, okay. Like, depending this on is, the live show, because that was the same year they did. I think this Fourth era, yeah. This era, like, so the 70, like, 71 to 74 kind of era. Yeah. Like that when their live double album came out that we've talked about. Yeah. Like that was kind of the first era that established them as like a cultural icon for a lot of people. Like my... Okay. um. <clears throat> Excuse me, my dad, Getting choked up. who was like, you know, five years old when Beach Boys albums were coming out, saw them tour in 73 or 4 when he was like 14. Yeah. Who did and he, like, who did that he was, see them tour with? I think it was right was after the Ricky and... Oh, you mean the show? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, I thought you told me one time and no. I was like, it blew my mind. I'm sorry. But um, maybe I did ask him at some point and he texted me it, but I've forgotten totally. Do you think there are people... Sharpier listeners can go back in the archives yeah. and find it because we probably talked about it. Do you think there are people who see like legendary bands when they're just opening but do not remember like seeing them open because they were just there for the main show like probably I know, I know there are people who are like yeah i saw the beatles at the cavern club or whatever yeah. but like do you think there are people who are like 
Well, kind oh, of I a saw, you know the Grateful Dead opener for you know not exactly what you're talking yeah. about, but in a weird way. So I, uh, my dad, one of my dad's favorite bands is U2. Of course, it's a very dad band to be into for yeah. a guy who grew like came of age in the '80s. Yeah, um, you love them. I, I don't care. I do them. like U2 quite yeah. a bit. Um, I'm not big. So uh, they're very hit or miss for me. Like half yeah. their records are great, and the other half are. I just can't really, stand really, really as a boring. singer or a person. So. They can be very boring and dad-like. But, yeah. um, anyway, um, so loved you too. So the first like big concert I ever went to was he and like two of his brothers got tickets to U2 on the Vertigo tour, and that would have been 2004, 2005. True. Um, in Portland. And so like we all like drove down there overnight there. and like stayed with cousins and um, – is it up from Anaheim? Oh, from yeah. Anaheim. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Up in Cold Beach, and um, he. Uh, so anyway, so saw that tour, and I was at that point like 11 years old. Uh, yeah. So knew you know liked you too, but at yeah. that point my whole music was basically best of records of like classic rock bands. That was my yeah. only the only music That's I cared great, about. Yeah. Like, I had a Beach Boys compilation and the Beatles the won, Beatles won. Yeah. and, like, a handful of, like, contemporary records, like a newer U2 record. Yeah. and The Beatles won was my first Like, a CD. couple, like, kind of Christian rock, or like, Switchfoot, bands I, like that. I see, I've never, I never <laughs> okay. got into Christian rock. Um, I think my parents were like, yeah, that shit's bad. Yeah. Well, a lot of it was. Yeah. The early 2000s were weirdly, like, a big time for Christian rock bands who were very Christian but just didn't sing about it, and they, like, weirdly Creed. would do well... Um, yeah, in the mainstream. Like, yeah. Switchfoot was a big one where they, like, legitimately were, like, kind of a famous regular band for, like, three years there, even though they were very much a, like, on tour they would play churches sometimes. Like, that's how Christian yeah. they were. So, huh. it was a weird one. Anyway, so, my music knowledge was so limited. Went to U2 in 2005. Fucking Kanye West was opening for them. Whoa. In a way where I was aware. In 2005, that's, like, a year yeah. after. Uh, it was right after Late Registration came out. It's his best album, in my opinion. Yeah, it's one of them. Yeah. It's one of the top, like, six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so it, it, I was aware of who he was just because he was a famous person. Yeah. And I think, oh, no, it, well, when did Graduation come out? 2008? It might have been slightly later. It might have been, like, 2006 or 2007. Because the whole thing with him is that he went on tour with U2 and then made Graduation after that because he was like, I didn't have any songs that were good arena songs. Yeah. So then he made graduation of like songs that he could play in arenas. Yeah. Was his whole thing. I don't know. Because his opening set was him on like this teeny little stage. Like it wasn't the full main stage. It was like this little center like stage front. that was out in yeah. the front. Yeah. And it was just him out there. And then he had, I mean, it was cool, but it was not like an arena show. Right. He had a like 12 piece orchestra. And then, you know, like the hip hop beat parts just piped in. Um, yeah. But then like a 12 piece orchestra playing live with him and then he would just you know walk around and rap and stuff and yeah. it was like pretty cool but i was with all my old uncles who and didn't cousins yeah. who fucking hated it like just mostly in a hip-hop is boring way it wasn't yeah. anything uh toxic or yeah. anything but um and just remember that very clearly being like oh, that was kind of disappointing that that was the opener because like we barely watched it and stuff and like it was yeah. just really boring and then when right. I became a really big Kanye West fan in, like, high school, like, a decade later, it was, like, holy shit. Yeah. Not a, quite a decade later, but yeah, like five now it's, later. like, the coolest thing that I saw him yeah, way before. back then. Yeah. 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 And see, I wish I could remember more about it. I remember some stuff, but not that much. See, my thing is, like, 
be, like you remember that you saw Kanye. Do you think there he was just who, famous enough yeah. though that it was like exactly. if I had if I'd been even like five years older, I would have been like I would have at least known this was a big deal to see him. Yeah, but you know, yeah. So you're right. It was after though he was famous enough that. He but, wasn't a total unknown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think there are probably people who, like, see these amazing bands before they're famous yeah. and then just don't remember. Well, I think about that way, like, as we talked, like, Anaheim's a very musical city. Yeah. So there's a lot of local bands here and just a lot of, like, there's just a constant, like, you mm-hmm. know, famous local bands every few years. There's, like, a new one who you see everywhere and yeah. people are like, they're really good. And, like, but no one from Anaheim, at least as far as I know of, has really ever, like, taken off or anything or done that yeah. well for themselves. But, like, you know, you read about fucking bands like the Black Keys or something from Akron where, like, yeah. I have to imagine they might have a decent music scene, but it's equally just, like, if you saw them in, like, 2004, whenever they, before when they, they got famous, yeah, yeah. like, they were probably pretty good, but you weren't like, oh, these guys are going to be, like, world famous. Yeah. And then, so, it is, yeah, it's very I mean, interesting. Yeah, there are a lot of people from those weird little works. towns, like, uh, yeah. Bon Iver's from uh, yeah, Wisconsin. In a way where I mean, like I, I'm not a very big Bonnie Bear fan. Yeah. I like some of his music a lot, but, yeah. um, but like if you saw him before his first album came out, you would have been like, this guy fucking sucks. What is this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this would have been like he's the same as every other guy yeah. in this coffee shop. <laughs> so, yeah. and you probably would have been right, but then like I don't know, he wrote better songs, I guess. Yeah. But that's kind of the weird thing about bands in the early days, where like, I mean, I guess that's part of the weirdness with who breaks through and who doesn't, but. Yeah. Just because, like, people all kind of suck to some degree. It's just, like, the people who have the potential to be really, really good. Yeah. And giving that a chance. Well, and I think after a certain point when you, when somebody notices, like, you do have potential, you get better. Yeah, right. Because you have to play a well, fucking million times in the studio. you have to play way more. And yeah. then, yeah, and then you also get studio time and you get way more resources. And, like, feedback and from, money like, professionals. And, yeah. yeah. And, like, even if the feedback isn't always great, if it's, like, PR people saying there's not, like, a good single and you're like, well, I think there are. Even if yeah. it's not great, like, at least you're... You have to... You're learning your the, like, and, work yeah. side of music, which no matter how much of an artist you are, like, I feel like there's still That's a important. good work aspect. Yeah. Of, yeah. Like, you still have to be able to go back and, like, write the song you need when you need it to some yeah. degree. Um, anyway. Yeah, until we, you're big enough that you don't need to do anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> We've gotten way off topic. A little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how we got... Oh, people seeing bands before yeah. they were super Because you said your dad saw the Beach yeah, Boys around. Yeah. Them. yeah. But, you know, that was obviously after... Oh, yeah. But, so what I was saying, though, is just, like, so the 70s and that live record served for, like, a whole generation of people who, like, got that record and they yeah. got, like, the Endless Summer compilation. Right. And then the Beach Boys are just solidified in their minds forever from, like, that era. Yeah. And I think the 80s touring Beach Boys... Probably um, really successful. ...were that for a lot of people, too. Like, no yeah. one really bought their 80s records, um, no, except some people bought the one we're talking about today. But yeah. even that wasn't that... It didn't do nearly as well as, like, 15 big ones. And so, yeah. I think, though, but, like, that 80s... That 80s touring Beach Boys group, I think, is what establishes, like, what people who see the Beach Boys today like still think of as like that is the beach boys well, kind of prime for like an older generation to some degree and or I think that's been passed down to like people our age well i was gonna say or for a younger generation who thinks they hate them because they only saw these like 44 year olds yeah. singing 60s music in short shorts and shitty clothes at yeah. live aid so they don't care yeah i don't know but i think like <laughs> like you grew up with the Beach Boys uh, CD, like great mm-hmm. best hit CD. Endless so Summer. I think, I think. like yeah. our parents, their generation, you know, grew up with these compilation albums and live albums yeah. that like they love. And then I think 
you know, they bought it when it came out on CD and then popped it in their car. And I think yeah. that's why people, you know, millennials, like, still think of the Beach Boys as, like, a surfing car band. And, like, yeah. they like, you know, maybe they like it, maybe they don't. Yeah. That's true. Okay. A uh, couple more quick things before yeah. we get to the record. Um, I'll no, this is good. We've had a pretty, yeah. we've had yeah. a pretty short episodes lately. I feel like. Yeah, we're. Um, so we we could yeah. we could do a two hour one. Yeah, <laughs> we're at about fifty three minutes. Okay, I wanted to play real quick. Hot or not, Beach Boys nineteen eighty five edition. Okay. I think we've done this before. Beach Boys, the Beach who's Boys your toy? Just, yeah, Beach Boys, who's your toy? I don't think we have a theme song, and that's fine. No. So here's a photo of the Beach Boys from nineteen eighty five. They all look. I I had a snap decision right away. Wild. Um. So are we gonna pick hot? And then not. I just think we are. We're we, gonna go each member and just. Say I think we on. talk about each member. All right. So let's start from the far left. We have maybe the winner. We'll see. Oh, hundred percent the winner. We have Carl, Carl, black turtleneck, blue blue pants. He embraced the um, best fashion of the eighties. And he's got his his long beard still. Yeah, it's got a little he, gray coming in, and then like he's a, got like his Paul hair McCartney trimmed mullet. up. Yeah, he's yeah. got his hair trimmed up, but but tucked behind his ears yeah. in a pretty nice looking way. Yeah, he he's looks got a good smile. He looks like a handsome uh, Al Borland. So far, yes. So far, Carl is the only one out of this photo who would not immediately creep you all. out yeah. coming up to you at a bar. Yeah, <laughs> or who is he fuckable in any like way? A, yeah. yeah, he's the most fuckable one. Yeah, he's definitely my toy out of this photo. But we'll get oh, to the rest of them. Yeah, but he's hot. I think unequivocally. Oh, correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. I think like he's an attractive man. There, I think he's good yes. looking. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Early 80s Carl. Well, we talked about this last week. Yeah. Early 80s Carl is a fucking snack. Yeah. And I would eat him all day long. All right. Bruce Johnston. Hell um, no. Yes. He, he has some strong... Like flattened with a like, fucking frying pan. <laughs> he has some strong neighbor dad vibes oh, where like you'd yeah. be scared to like go get your ball out of his yard because he'd yell at you or something for or, getting like, on his lawn. They offer you a ride to school yeah. when they have their kid in the car and yeah. you're like... Uh, still, I'm good. Yeah, you know? like yeah, I know who you are. I'm still not gonna accept this. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. He just comes off as so fucking phony to me. Like his yeah. smile always just looks like he's putting it. That's on. That's the same shirt he was wearing in '85 at Live Aid. Oh, okay, a nice sky blue. I have that shirt. Okay, that's how I know. Nice sky blue floral Hawaiian. Yeah. Yeah. So in the shirt. middle we have Brian. He's got some nice white pants on and black socks. Looks Terrible. like a meth head. Terrible mix. Um, Something about his mouth and his like very thin beard. Yeah, look. His beard looks bad and his hair looks like a toupee, even though I'm sure it's not. <laughs> I don't but think it, it looks is. bad. It does look bad. And then he's wearing like a weird kimono kind of shirt thing, like it's a weird silk open. It feels robe, like but it, it look looks like, like a jacket. You know those like soft. Oh, it's like a club jacket, like a members oh, only jacket. Gross. I think from the eighties. Yeah, it looks yeah. like if you like touch it, it's going to feel like the edge of like. One of those blankets from the 90s, like soft in the middle, yeah. and then they have those shitty edges on them. That's yeah. what it feels like it looks like. So he doesn't look good, but Brian's in an odd spot. He just he is. His hair is bad. He needs to have different hair, for sure. Shorter yeah. or longer, but his beard also needs mm-hmm. to be shorter or longer. Yeah, well, this is what happens when Eugene Landy is your barber. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then, oh, we forgot to say for Bruce, definitely not. Brian, definitely not. I think we have to say not, but I feel bad saying it, but it's not. He's it's a no hot. for me. However, he is number two on my list. Possibly. We'll get be. to it. Yeah. So then Mike uh, Mike is next. Mike looks like he he's He also a has strong, like, mean dad yeah. vibes. Or just he's, not fun dad vibes. He's always had those, though. That's true. But he looks it now. He looks... Because he's 45. Stern. Yeah. 
He just doesn't look nice. He, he shouldn't. He not again have... is wearing that dumb flat cap that yeah. he should not be wearing anymore. Um, it's a white one now, which is gross. He, he to me should always have facial hair. He should never be. Yeah, clean he shaven. did look really good with the beard. Even his like weird chin strap beard looked pretty good. Even like when he did the Trump inauguration, he had like a handlebar mustache. Oh, and that looked fine. Looked better. It j- yeah, it just with like totally clean shaven, he really looks like an evil dad in like a yeah. 1980s movie. Where he would yeah. be like the bully's dad who yeah. would be encouraging him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so not hot. Not hot. Um, although he's looking kind of like, he's looking kind of swole in this picture. Is it just me? Like he looks like he has like a chunky head and his shoulders are really big. I think it's because. Is it just because he's standing, he's behind, standing Al? behind Al? Yeah, and, and Al's so Brian, tiny. Who's, a who's little very bit frail thin. at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah. Or frail, yeah. yeah. Okay, so then we have Al. Who's uh, got a nice open collar and a blue blazer? Yeah. Um, collar, he looks collar much collar over the blazer. Yeah, yeah, not very eighties, but he. Um, <laughs> I think Al is Al takes the watch. award for most photoshopped in this photo. Oh, he looks be. nothing like he did in no. that Live Aid video. He looks so much better. Yeah. He looks nice and bronze. He has no lines in his face. His hair looks fuller. Yeah, There's, he definitely got someone got, to touch him yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. Um, he he had to make sure that watch was in there, right? Yeah. Like, oh it yeah. Looks like it was a really nice gold watch. Um, so to me, not. He's, I mean, he looks like a troll goblin still. I actually, I say Al hot, but it's with the huge asterisk of there's no way that's what Al actually looked like in 1985. He got I still don't makeuped so. and too paid to shit before this he, photo was taken. He still looks tiny, and his hair looks so weird to me. Honestly, Al looks very much like. Al looks like he's aged, except for Carl, the least out of all of them. But he again, does, but it's because it's all fake, I think. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm going hot just on the surface, but I'm going not if you read into it at all. I'm going not, just in yeah. general. Yeah. Like, he's the second best looking, but he's know. only the second yeah. best looking in this photo. If I if had to rate them, I, mean. I would go Carl, Brian, mm-hmm. Al, Bruce, Mike. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah I agree. All right. Pretty good, pretty good group yeah. photo there. Another and that's been Beach bit. Boys. Who's your toy? Yeah, there's no way it's on the Wikipedia page, but I forget which thing it's connected to on the Wikipedia page. So find it your fucking selves. I can tweet it out when this episode comes out. Sure. Yeah. We have a Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I thought we'd blocked everyone on there who uh, follows us. Apparently, they can still send us messages though. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll just send DMs to all of our followers <laughs> with yeah. that photo in it. Um. Okay. Well. Oh, yeah. One more thing. There's a lot going on with the Beach Boys in the 80s. In 1986, technically after the record came out that we're talking about today, but it's close enough. I wanted to talk about it. The Beach Boys. For some reason, we are firmly in the MTV era at this point, PJ. They released uh, music videos for two of the singles off of their record we're going to talk about today. In 1986, Al, for some reason, thought it was very important for the Beach Boys to record a cover of California Dreamin'. And they got John and Michelle Phillips of Mamas and the Papas to, to do it with it? them. And they made a music video, and apparently it was a big hit on MTV. And we need to watch just the first chunk of this music video so. because it features Al looking like a straight-up serial killer. Uh, um, I, when this episode comes out, I will tweet all the links sure. we're talking about. It's just um, Beach Boys, California Dreaming on YouTube. There's so. an interesting thing about um, the Mamas and the Papas and Kokomo. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. The guy from the Mamas and the Papas and the, and the Papas. John Phillips or the other guy? I don't remember. Yeah, because there were two Papas and two Mamas, as we all know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But one of the member, one of the dudes from Mamas and the Papas wrote Kokomo, 
Oh. And they Ooh. recorded it in like 85, okay. but never released it. And yeah. then gave it to the Beach Boys. And right. for some reason, Mike Love has a writing credit on it. We'll yeah. get into this when we talk about Kokomo. Yeah, yeah. Because we'll do a uh, whole fucking episode yeah. on Kokomo. Exactly. Uh, it's the password to all our accounts. <laughs> I have to edit this out How every do we time. Not? People don't uh, know the exact password to all our accounts. Though. We've given out the exact password and I've edited it out. But he wrote, I had no idea. Yeah, and then, so and apparently then, they were close with them at this point. Like I guess they were so. friends with. But then an acoustic version came out that they had recorded in 85 or whenever they wrote all it. All the leaves are brown, all the leaves no, are Kokomo. brown. No, Kokomo. And the skies are green. Up in Kokomo. If only, and I've been Kokomo dreaming. <laughs> On a winter's day. Actually, California Dreamin' is basically a Beach Boys song. I like the song California Now that you think about it. Like, it's, I mean, it's a fine song, but it's all just about how cool California is. That's true. Yeah. Um, There are a lot of songs about how cool California is. Well, that's true. Um, It was really the epicenter of the counterculture, Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. But in, like, 2016 or something, they released the original version that they had recorded in 85, like the Moms and the Pops that recorded. And it's so weird. Interesting. You want to watch this music video? I do. Oh, my God. Al looks so fucking old. So Al, from that last photo, has four inches less hair on his head, by the way. And he's wearing a, like, floor-length black overcoat that he is now, like, wrapping around himself. He looks like he's from fucking Silence of the Lambs, right? Like, he's yeah. going to walk into your house and stab you and then give you a monologue his, about it? His coat is so big and has such big shoulder pads. He looks Aww. like the guys in the Super Mario movie. There are the rest of them. Like, the little, the guys with the tiny little dinosaur heads and the huge bodies. That's yeah. exactly what he looks like. Yeah. This isn't that terrible, but it's I'd, also just like this song has been re-recorded so many times. I'd rather just listen to the original version. Or the Jose Feliciano version. Ooh, I do like some Jose Feliciano. I do a pretty good Jose Feliciano. So they're like hanging out in a church for some reason? This doesn't look like California at all. Nope. It's gray and cloudy and like gothic for some reason. Well, it's in black and white, so. Yeah. MTV didn't go color until (laughs) the late 80s. 2012. Yeah, yeah. This is pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Great solo. Is this Carl? Is it going to zoom in? Or is it going to be John Phillips maybe? I feel like they recorded it with them, like, I think. Yeah, it's definitely not Carl. I think that's John Phillips. Cool. Ooh, who's who's playing the saxophone? Definitely not Mike. No. No, Mike put that thing down a long time ago. All right. I think I've had enough of that. So, anyway, just a minor fun note, I guess. Uh, yeah. All right. So if you want to go, be very. You, if you want Al in your nightmares, like yeah. he looks like the guy from Phantasm. <laughs> You've seen Phantasm, <laughs> except the short guy, the short yeah. version. He's the Phantasm mini me. He looks so creepy in that video. Yeah. All right. You're After right this, we're gonna take a quick break and get back to you with the Beach Boys. And we're back. We are the Beach Boys boys. To talk about the Beach Boys, actually, their first self-titled record, which is kind of kind of amazing. That is weird. Usually that's your first. Yeah. yeah. Well, usually. Oh. And then a lot of bands do use it for like a reset comeback kind of thing a lot of times. But yeah. um, 
The Beach Boys have done that a few times and haven't yet done one yeah. self-titled. So, except, I mean, the Beach Boys love you is the closest, but yeah. So, but even then, we weren't sure if it was the Beach Boys love you, right, or, or the Beach Boys love you. Yeah, yeah, hard to know. Um, so released in June '85. But what's interesting, um, like I always think of this as like a longer comeback record, and it sort of yeah. is compared to Keeping the Summer Alive because that right. came out in '80. Not as long but as 16 big, 15 big ones. True. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is. It's five years. That was 73 to 76. I thought you were saying the length of the album. Oh, gotcha. I see, I see. No, in terms of time off. like So yeah. this is a comeback record for them, but like I always thought of it as like the Beach Boys just disappeared from 80 to 85, and as we know, that didn't happen at all. Yeah. And then also, like... Um, they started recording in late 84, so it was only about a year after Denny died. And I also thought, I always kind of just thought in my head they took longer to get back to it than that. But I mean, as we know, they they really didn't take any time off at all. Barely gave a shit, and yeah. then he probably just wasn't in the way, so, so it was easier to yeah. make an album. But about four years um, since they last recorded. Okay. So the thing that this record is famous for is that they hired... Steve Levine to produce it for some reason. They were done with um, self production. Oh, five years. Sorry, five years since the last recorded. I just said that. They were well. No, they were done with Bruce, who did their last three, and decided Steve Levine, uh, who at this point is very very famous for producing Culture Club. Yeah, and uh, Boy George's group, which for, is such a weird person for them to be like. Yes, like uh, who in the band really loved Culture Club and thought that's what the Beach Boys need to do? You know, it's possible. It is possible, honestly. Like he's a weirdo enough. But the thing is is that this music—I mean, we'll we'll get to it. But like this music isn't interesting enough for that to be an interesting choice. No, like it's literally just they closed their eyes and pointed to a list of like producers of the day at random to like find someone who might make them famous for producing them. Or of the they time. probably had some weird connection where like Maybe. they were like, we just produced a hit album. Yeah. And like they knew him already kind of or something. Yeah. So uh, Levine did a very, very 80s production for them, which, you know, yeah. Keeping the Summer Alive was pretty 80s, but this is, this is that was, full on. That was early 80s. This yeah, is This 80s. is full on the yeah. 1980s in a way that is unmistakable. Yep. Um, but got really into synthesizers. Brian's credited with playing three different synthesizers on this, which is kind of cool. That is pretty cool. If people are interested, they played the Kurzweil 250, Yamaha DX1, the Roland Jupiter 8, and the Oberheim OB8, which are all pretty yeah. damn famous, like early synth- um, synthesizers. So, um, arguably too many. Yeah, you probably don't need four synthesizers for a whole record, yeah. but especially when there's like 50 other session musicians credited on the album. Yeah. Like, or, there's or so much just, happening here. Just kept but playing Moog. Whatever. Know? Yeah, right. Moog is not on there at all. So, um, a few interesting things from this. So, Brian was pretty involved, um, as he was at this point during the during the Landy years. Um, at this point, during yeah his relationship with Landy. Um, later on, he gets less involved, obviously. But, yeah. Um, he, but Landy's involved enough that when the album came out, um, all of his writing credits were Brian Wilson slash Eugene Landy, which is really interesting yeah. and like was interesting because the Rolling Stone review of the time noted it. 
yeah. like noticed on the back that that was written down and like made some crack about Brian like needing his doctor to write songs or something. Yeah. Um, and kind of just an interesting historical note. After Brian, um, and and the other Beach Boys still didn't know something was wrong with Eugene Landy. I think they probably knew, but at this point, Brian was involved more than he'd been really since like the Love You era, which was also yeah. Landy. Like. I'm not defending anyone in any way, really, because obviously he was a piece of shit human being. Right. But, like, to their eyes, and especially to, like, the Mike and Al and Beach Boys machine eyes, yeah, they were getting work done, and they were, like, and there weren't problems anymore because Denny had died and Brian was under this doctor's care. So, like, things were good in a way where I think they didn't want to question it. Yeah. Because then it would rock the boat again, and they might have another few-year period where they weren't famous and making money anymore, yeah. PJ, which is terrible <laughs> one of my friends um he's he's older than we are mm-hmm. um he had a friend who worked at a radio station mm-hmm. uh in the 90s or 80s sometime um yeah. and he interviewed brian wilson damn and th- cool. this guy who i know was just telling me like yeah and apparently he had like a wrangler who was like <laughs> no brian this is your drink that's their drink this is you talking to this microphone <laughs> and it was fucking ug landy it had to have been that's incredible yeah, yeah. or at least some guy landy sent with yeah. him but, but at like, that point in the early 90s it probably was landy it's probably landy like they yeah. were close enough at that point that i think he was pretty much always with him yeah um so, but on, like, re-releases, so after, so in the early 90s, Brian, like, sued Landy and got a restraining order against him and all that yeah. stuff. Um, so after that, any, like, further references or re-releases, it's just Brian Wilson credited, not Eugene Landy. It makes sense. Which I think, I'm unclear whether that was part of the lawsuit. It would have to lawsuit. I, I would think so, because then Landy wouldn't get any money from yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah he yeah. wouldn't get make royalties. So, just kind of an interesting note. Like, if you look on Wikipedia, it doesn't say Landy, but it has a little note that he was originally credited. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, so, some other, like, weird... So, uh, along with the Steve Levine pick, uh-huh. um, they got other famous friends to show up. Um, well, so, Boy George and um, another guy from Culture Club wrote one of the songs that they play on this record. And then, also... Stevie Wonder, uh, for some reason, contributes a song. Okay. Uh, on which he plays like all the instruments. He plays harmonica, drums, bass, and piano. Huh. And then Ringo shows up to play drums on one song Hell too, yeah. which is really awesome. They were touring with Ringo this year. Yeah, 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 that's right. Wonder if he shows up to play California Calling with them, the the hit favorite in concert. Is it? You no. Know. Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't <laughs> um, think any of these. It's like a mid album from a one people don't really want to remember. Yeah. So just a very weird record for, you know, like, and I think like at the time, I think they sold it as like the Beach Boys are modern now. Like they're working with Culture Club's producer. They're playing with Stevie Wonder, like, you know, that kind of shit where like, it's just very, and they have uh, MTV videos for their two singles, which apparently uh, I didn't watch them because honestly, I didn't give a shit yeah, right but wikipedia described both of them as stereotypical nerd goes to the beach basically <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds right and yeah. i think none of them are in it except like brian and carl show up at the end of one for like a half second they just but, like none the, of the beach boys were involved in the, the making ZZ of them at all yeah. yeah so uh yeah so this album sold fine like it wasn't great it wasn't they wanted to make a huge splash with it obviously yeah. Um, but the album only got to number 52, which was the highest since 15 big ones. So in about a decade, but they'd only released like, well, I guess they've released four albums, but they're not really shooting for the moon on any of them. So 
in terms of like this was very similar to 15 big ones where they're like we have to score and yeah. they did okay but they did get another hit single uh not number one like rock and roll music they got a number 26 single uh and then a number two single on a, the adult contemporary charts which just shows you where the beach boys are at these what days song was it get you back the lead single uh, and then the second single was It's Getting Late, which I believe either didn't chart or just didn't chart it high enough to make a note of anywhere because yeah. I couldn't find info on it. So, um, huh. yeah. So they did okay. Um, yeah, not not terribly, I suppose. Oh, I've got one of the videos pulled up for some reason. Is there something interesting happening with it? Eh, let's watch a half second of it. Who cares? This is the It's Getting Late video. Yep, okay. They're at the beach. Okay, a guy and a, a girl Dilla. holding hands on the beach. Director's he falls dumb. in the water. Uh, and like he has dumb glasses, dumb. so he's obviously a nerd. He's a stereotypical nerd. He looks like Rivers Cuomo. She's a babe. Yeah. I mean, for the 80s. Sure. She's an 80s babe. Would I smash? Not at all. Do you think... Yeah, never mind. No, go ahead. No, go ahead, Peter. We can't edit out over music on this uh, new format, right? Go ahead, Pete. I probably shouldn't say so they're macking on the beach, and then a car rolls up. Ooh, Ooh a Jeep. Jeep. This is very 80s. This An open-top Jeep with a yeah. bunch of bikini babes in it. The Jeep is and the Woody of the 80s. And she gets in and leaves him because he's a nerd. Oh, there's a bunch of blonde-haired uh, Oh, she's going to bring him with her. And they're looking at her crazy. Yeah. They're like, oh, he's a dork. All right. All right. This is really bad. Yep, stereotypical nerd goes to the beach. Okay. So, let's listen to this record, PJ. All right. First song, first single, Get You Back. Will you tell me which song, when it comes to it, Stevie Wonder and Ringo played on? Oh, you'll you'll know the Stevie Wonder one, but I'll tell you about the Ringo one. Crank it. Some pretty nice, lush, like, backing vocals here, if you ask me. And also, probably the least 80s production out of all the songs, which isn't saying much, I know, because this is I'd a very 80s-sounding song. But So this is a mic lead. Brian sings at the end. I don't want to be dramatic about this, but ooh, I like this already. This song makes me want to self-harm. The lyric that I'd never really noticed till very recently of, because you cried all night because we'd gone too far is very rapey. Very rapey. Yeah. It's not okay at all. No. 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 Okay. I just wanted to point that out. Like, yeah. it was always, like, I always thought of this song as, like, just a generic lost love song. Yeah. But it sounds a lot more like, hey, uh, you said no and I did it anyway and you're mad at me now? Sorry <laughs> about the sexual assault. Yeah, but, exactly. What more can Which I do than write a song makes this song that. a lot more problematic, but I yeah. guess it is oblique enough that I still listen to this song because I... Very unironically, for my whole life, have really, really loved this song. I, I think like it's a beautiful song. song, PJ. I think it's a bad song. The backing vocals are what do it for me on this one. The backing They're just vocals so are, are better than nice been and lush and like, yeah, I don't know. And no. then I like the laid back rhythm of it. Like I just, except for that one lyrical choice, I really have no problems with this song in any way. And even the '80s production is like. It's just more an accent than taking over the song. Like, it's not necessarily an 80s song in a way where, like, it sounds more like Come Go With Me, which is from the 70s, than an 80s song. There's no sax solo, thank God, like Come Go There's With Me had. There's a ton of sax on it, though. 
Well, yeah, but there's no sax solo. I, d I yeah. don't. And then Brian so. shows up at the end, uh, which is pretty interesting too. Yeah, I don't know. I just, for some reason or another, I have always liked this one. Objectively, this is Brian, though, who sounds great. But objectively, can you look at this song and be like, okay, it's not that great. No, it's not that great, but I really, really like it. Okay. In the same way, I really like Come Go With Me and Rock and Roll Music. It's because these were all the singles that were on that Beach Boys compilation I grew up listening to. Oh, so you have nostalgia ties. No, because, though, I still really hate a lot of those early songs. Like, Surfing USA, I legitimately don't like. It's a bad know? song. Yeah, and, like, that was on the compilation. Like, so all the early 60s stuff I didn't like, or, like, Little Deuce Coop or 409. Yeah. Like, that stuff that I don't really like at all. I, like, as an adult, legitimately would say that I do like this song, Come Go With Me, Rock and Roll Music. I do not like this In a song way where those early 60s songs, I don't mind, but I don't like like them. I don't know. This is It's Getting Late, the second single, written by Carl. Um, super, super 80s, Very which we'll get 80s. to in a second. I mean, it's already pretty 80s, but when it kicks in here. Sweet 80s electronic bass there, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. And those, like, laser synthesizers. Yeah. Also, we get the return of White Soul Carl. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a, like, weird... Like, this is actually just Wild Honey, except he's a much better singer now. I mean, it's also 80s, but it's just him doing White Soul, man. That's all this song is. Yeah. Except it's after, like, you know, Rick but, Astley was a thing, so. But the production is, like, 80s. Okay, I know the production sucks. Every time I listen to this album, I jammed out to this song, for real. Like, this song is a lot of fun to listen to. I I hate this this kind of production from the 80s. I don't like any song that's like this. I, I don't either. I've always hated it. I, I've always hated the 80s, too. And but this is up there in like a weird Hall and Oates, um, Tears for Fears kind of. Those like, are those are two bands from the '80s I do enjoy. Yeah, but I mean, like I'm just saying, like there's a handful of '80s songs that are good enough songs where the '80s production is like just fine. I can take it. I legitimately really like this song. I and don't. it's only because Carl's singing it too. It's probably the thing. Carl's vocal take on it amazing. So here's the thing: amazing. if this was yeah. a Carl solo song, I think a plus. Like from this, you know, if this was like an 83 Carl Solo song. Yeah. But it's just, it's not a Beach Boys song in any way. No, not at all. But it's a good Carl song. I mean, they've sure. strayed from being the Beach Boys enough already. Yeah. You know? I don't think it's a good, I don't right. like it. Yeah. Next, Crack It Your Love. Good name for a song, huh? Especially in the 80s. I think it's very immature of me, but this song title just makes me giggle so much. It's such a dumb sounding thing. Crack It Your Love. This sounds like a guy with a deep voice is going to call and be like, oh, yeah. All right, written and sung by Brian and Al. So fucking 80s. Can we talk? This sounds like a weird Toto B-side. I know they're technically the late 70s, but I don't think it does. It sounds like every instrument is played on a like an electronic drum set that they just yes. changed the sound on. Yeah. I hate I it. I think this is Al. This might be Brian though. I'm really unclear on exactly Brian. what Brian sounds like right now. 
shit, maybe that is Brian. Yeah, right? I can never tell. And I also don't really know what Al sounds like anymore to some degree. That's got to be Al. It's so dumb, man. Crack at your love. I hate it's really amazing. I think the thing I hate about 80s production is that gross synth bass sound. Yeah. Like the synthesized slap bass? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I hate it. Um, this is a bad I kind of don't hate this. I mean, it's not good. But, again, I have not soured on this album yet. Do you remember Let me last say that. week, three when, songs in, when you asked if we were being too nice? I know. You are being I listened to this record with that fully in mind. And, like, it, actually, PJ, what this record has done is made me just think less of the stuff that's come before it. Because I do think it's better than any of the last three albums we've talked about. So far, the first three songs. All right. Maybe I don't know. Uh, this is a Carl and sung by Carl. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, sorry. Is one right. of them sung by Bruce? Yeah. Okay, I know the one, and I hate it. This song's pretty rough. This is where the album starts going way downhill, way fast for me. Once it, it sounds like an 80s cop movie. Yeah. Nope, nope. Again, though, if this was from a Carl solo album, I weirdly don't hate it. It just is definitely not Beach Boys music in any way. I don't think I could be won over on this you know album I mean? at this point. I hate all of the production. <laughs> I hate it. It would sound so much better if it was produced like their other albums. The songs are not bad, and the melodies aren't bad. The songs aren't bad. Yeah. It, these first four songs and melody, like their songs, the melodies, the harmonies, you're right, are decent. Where if it was just produced yeah, normally just and not to, crazy 80s. Yeah. yeah it's. <sighs> yeah, I, this guitar is. I think. Wild, I think man. you are more okay with this production style than I am. I fucking hate I'm more it. okay with it just because, like, I mean, it's just a one Like, this is just, this is their weird 80s album. I know, so, like, and I don't like it. enjoy it or don't for what it is, and you don't, but it's, like, my view on it is, like, I can I can appreciate the songs as a one off Like, if this was all that the Beach Boys were, obviously, I would never look more into them at all. But since this is just one weird record in their whole discography, I can, like, Think divorce about, a little bit of like painfulness from it and just enjoy think about the, the name of their of band and think about where they came from yeah this is not the uh-huh. Beach Boys this is nothing so like so you think they should just get back to surf and car music PJ yeah don't fuck with the formula <laughs> alright this is the Bruce song She Believes in Love Again yep this is the one um, yeah written I, and sung by Bruce Carl shows up I teased this a little bit a little bit I hate this song. This sounds like a, I brought him up earlier on this episode, the Eagles guy. This sounds like a Don Henley solo song. In a way where Bruce's voice is not bad. No, I hate but it. But it's not a Beach Boys song. Like, in no way is this a Beach Boys song. This is not a Beach Boys song in the worst way. Like, those uh, Ricky and Blondie songs were not Beach Boys songs, but they were phenomenal songs. Yeah. This but this is not a Beach Boys song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no. a good way to put it. It's the polar opposite of that. Yeah. I hate this. I hate it, Peter. But Carl's voice. I also, at first glance. I apparently, I identify with a whole generation of moms, probably, who are like, ah, Carl, that Carl Wilson, he's just a nice boy, and his voice is so beautiful, like driving their kids to school and listening to the adult contemporary radio. 
Because I really do just love his voice in a way where, like, even in the worst song, I kind of just am, like, happy to hear him. But this song is fucking great. Oh, it's awful. And it only gets worse. California calling. If Jesus Christ. It's so bad. Like, there's... Do you think they just took tape from, like, their first five singles and cut them up yeah. and pasted them back it's together? Like, it's like this. one of those things that's, like, a robot... Uh, yes. Listens to the Beach Boys discography and, and writes, writes a song. A song yeah. Yeah. It's so bad. Also, they take... California is literally calling. If you listen close enough, they're literally getting a call on the telephone from California, which is... So dumb. I kind of respect it, just in its audacity, but... I don't like it, but I respect it, you know. It takes a lot of guts to be that shitty, that boldly. Uh, this is an Al and Brian sung by Mike and Al. Where, uh, I want you to point out that Oh, this is Ringo drums, by the way, if you couldn't tell. The drum is pretty good, actually. Sure. It, I think I, I, I'm not saying this because I'm a huge Beatles fan. I think I'm saying it because it is the only thing on this album that's not <laughs> produced so 80s. True. They just recorded it. Yeah, this it. song is not insanely 80s either. Yeah, it, that's mean, pretty much it. This is the least 80s produced song, yeah. but it just sucks. And we go straight into the most 80s produced song with Passing Friend. This is the Culture Club song. Um, that's I'm just going to straight up... Again, terrible Beach Boys song. If yep. this was a Carl Solo song, it's maybe my favorite one on the record. I fucking love this song. Do you hear how the main instrument on it seems to be an electronic slap bass? Yeah, and it's fucking dope, man. No. I like this 80s production. No, when we get to the woodblock arpeggios, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all synth. You press the woodblock button and then you press the arpeggio button, yeah. but it's really good. Again, terrible Beach Boys song, but I really like this song as a weird standalone. This part's great. I thought we were going to have some solidarity on this album, Peter. Oh, we will. I'm not going to give it a good grade. I'm just saying, if the three Carl songs we've heard so far were just pulled off as like weird singles, yeah. then I love them as songs. You know what the worst part of my day was today? One second. Woodblocks are coming up. We got to... <laughs> it's awesome every time. It sounds really funny. Also, this song is somehow five minutes long, and let me tell you, it's only verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus for that entire five minutes. This song sounds like somebody on YouTube was like, "I'm gonna write an '80s hit in five minutes." It's really good, man. No, it really I is. Hate it. Like, if you threw this on like a best of the '80s playlist, I wouldn't think twice and just go like, "Yeah, that's dope. Like, that's a cool song." There's very few songs from the '80s that I like love. Me too. Oh, yeah. I, like, made one on Spotify for myself a while ago, and it's literally, like, two Tears for Fears songs, half the Hall & Oates Best Of, which is mostly from the 70s. Yeah. And then um, two bands I love from like the Dexy's, that Dexy's Midnight Runner song. Come on, Eileen. And then, like, one other, you know, like a Duran Duran yeah. song. Like, it's very hit or miss for me, too, but I love this song. I'm super not into it. Well, we'll keep listening to it. Peter's sending a text to you guys. For I'm sending a text massage. 
Like that part's great, but yeah. I I do really like this. This would be so much better if it wasn't produced like this. I agree with you. On I kind of like the produ the production though is the weird part. I know that's what you're saying. I I mean it would probably be a better song without it. Yeah. I, I like but the, I, I like the, the production does not pull away from it. The beat is good. Yeah. And the melody again. It's good. Like it's a good song. All right. I'm so lonely. This is a Brian song. Um, Carl contributes some vocals. Oh. Pretty good Brian vocal here, actually. He sings lead coming up when the vocals kick in. What oh, yeah, you had more thoughts. What on. I was going to say earlier was uh, the worst part of my day today was I thought this song, uh, this album was nine songs. Yeah. And then I was like, phew, done. And then it kept going Yeah. because it's 12 songs. Yeah. Not a bad Brian's Brian voice vocal. sounds yeah. good. But like, the 80s production does kill this song. Yes. Because his voice is like through a weird filter. And yeah, it's. If I this, mean, it's not a great song. This song would be good if it was Brian at a piano, I think. Yeah. It does have kind of the songwriting vibe of like old Brian, though. Yeah. Like of 60s Brian. Yeah. This where, one, yeah, if this was produced in the style that they used to, yeah. it would just sound like the Beach Boys. Brian at a piano and yeah. like maybe a little bit of guitar. Some harmonies. And like still the harmonies. Yeah. yeah. It would have been a great song. Pretty good. But as it is, I do not care. And I more. like the chorus, man. That's what I'm saying. But I hate And the I think that's Brian, too, getting a little head voice, I which think is so, impressive. Yeah. It's um, definitely not Carl, so I think it's got to be Brian. But I would just like it so much more if it wasn't oh, yeah. like this. No, yeah. I I don't disagree with you at all, except maybe Passing Friend, which is only which I only like because it leans so far 80s, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And I th I'm going to say that for every song in this album. I just yeah. hate the production. We'll give this a couple more seconds here. This is a. Why would we skip a decent song to go to worse songs, PJ? That's a fair <laughs> point. Decent is exactly as well as I would rate this song. Oh well, never mind. Oh, Where yeah. I belong. <laughs> this is a Carl and Al ballad, I think. Listen to that. Uh, that bass. I'll turn the low up. Yeah. Written by Carl. I kind of like it, but it also just always sounds like the THX logo is coming up. That's pretty dope, honestly. Well, like that's the really low that's face. I turned it up. No, but the really, really low notes, where you lose the lasery sound to now it. Now you can't hear it at all. Now yeah. you can hear it too well. Wow. This is live mix by PJ Willett. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to get doxxed now. Just like oh, the Property Brothers. The yeah. car karma's been coming for yeah. a long time, man. Uh, this song is Garbage. really terrible. Yeah. yeah. Like nothing again, redeemable. Just put '80s generic ballad into a search engine, and this is what you get. Uh, weirdly enough, this song was cited in like a couple reviews at the time of being an album highlight, oh, and I don't boo. know why. Because especially because it's well, they were both like, "That's a pretty good contribution from Carl," and it's like, "Well, there's better Carl there, there songs." Were better like, Carl yeah, songs. Right. this one is by far not maybe the second worst on the album. Yeah, the first one, California. This Calling. is rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I do love you. Stevie Wonder. Yes, okay. Yeah. That was my joke earlier is you know it when you hear yeah. it because it is literally a Stevie Wonder song with Carl singing. That's it. Stevie Wonder plays the harmonica in such a way. I've never heard anybody else play a harmonica. No, like I don't that. know how he... I don't know how. I didn't know it was a harmonica for a long time in my life. Yeah. It doesn't sound like one. It's so weird. Um, Once again, fine song. Terrible maybe, fucking Beach Boys song. Maybe if they got Terrible Ricky, Ricky and Blondie songs. back in to sing this, yeah, maybe. it'd be a good song. I've never been a huge Stevie Wonder fan. I Can I say Stevie that? Wonder. 
his hits are really good, but like just him being him is not good to me. And this to me is definitely Stevie Wonder, and it's definitely not that good. Like it's just fine. I think I'd like this if it was sung by Stevie Wonder. Interesting. I don't think the melody is that interesting, honestly. Well, so maybe Stevie Wonder has a way voice. to do that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Or Blondie would have a yeah. good vocal take. Well, because Blondie's like their early stuff was just covers of Stevie Wonder. Yeah, this is the one Carl vocal on this album that I'm kind of well in the last song, but this song like Carl singing does nothing for me because I don't think it's a great song. I mean, nothing racially insensitive by saying this. This song was not written for a white dude to sing. <laughs> yeah, but it's white soul Carl. It's blue eye soul Carl. I know, and it's bad. Yeah. You're gonna get Carl rolled later. Yeah. <laughs> Which song? I guess "Passing Friend" would have to be the Carl roll song, probably. Fuck that. It's such a CB Wonder song. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's just a matter of time. This is a Brian one. What number track is this? Eleven. So technically, the album's eleven songs long. The twelfth one that's on streaming services and such was yeah. a like deluxe issue, okay, extra are, track. Are we so we're not going to go okay. over the twelfth one because it didn't come out in okay. the world until like nineteen ninety nine, I think, when they did those remasters. In my book, this album gets points then because oh, okay. I listened, the last song's really terrible. I listened to the, well, it's terrible. But then I was like, when I was listening to it and I was on the twelfth song, I was like, or this song ended, and I was like, that was not a bad way to end this album. Yes, and, and then, then the, the other last, one came oh, yeah. on, and I was like, what the that fuck? always happened. I hate on. Spotify, I'll fucking name check you. On Spotify, yeah. they need to put in parentheses like deluxe, deluxe album, yeah. Uh, yeah, something. Yeah, they need to let you know that that's not an original album track. I hate that shit. Also, the way they do mono when you look up old so albums stupid. and you're like, there's there were 16 tracks on this record, and it's yeah. like, well, no, there were 11, but they don't tell you which songs yeah. are original album songs and not. Also, Spotify, if you're listening to Pet Sounds. Have a mono oh, album yeah, yeah. and a stereo album just don't on the go, same disc. Don't go mono stereo, mono stereo. Like, yeah, because when I listen to oh, it, I it, see. it would yeah, play one in mono and then one in stereo, like the that's same terrible. song in stereo. I always hate, and this isn't a Spotify thing. This is just a generic re-releasing of albums thing. I yeah. hate when people re-release albums and put more than the original album on the first CD. That is annoying. The first CD of any re-release box set should just be the, the remastered album. original yeah. album. That is it. Don't give me bonus tracks. Don't give me no. anything. That's a second Because ninety percent of the reason I'm buying this thing is for the remastered album. Yeah. And I don't want to have to like. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah this yeah. song, I don't like the harmonica, but it's that's Stevie Wonder, good. right? Yeah. No, a no. session guy. I knew you were gonna ask. Okay. A session guy named Judd Lander plays it. Ah, uh, yeah. little Judd. But um, man, not I a wish terrible I could song. Be a session harmonica player. Yeah, right. The easiest fucking job well, in the world. Well, he probably played like forty other instruments. Yeah, and fair. they were like, oh, but if you need harmonica, call Judd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, not a terrible song. No, that was... Like, that was maybe the most pleasant moment of the album just because you oh. weren't fucking getting whiplash from the Beach Boys Absolutely. going 80s so hard. That was the best song on the album, and I will say <laughs> um, All right, your thoughts, PJ. And so that was the best song on the album, and I don't think it was that great of a song. I just thought it was no, a great way to an, end the inoffensive song, which... <laughs> Very neutral song. Yeah. This gets a one out of ten for me. A one, all right. Yeah. Uh, which makes me think that I need to recheck yeah. MIU and Light Album. Yeah, so I was thinking. I mean, we're coming up on the end. We're coming up on the end of the Beach yeah. Boys records. Oops, they only have, I think, two to three more official releases. Uh, official like new album releases. Yeah. yeah, that aren't compilations or like soundtrack shit or anything. Um, 
And so I was like, because we've done best ofs for three eras at this point. Right. Um, and I was thinking if we were going to even try to do a best of for this era, but They're I, all I don't know that there's love a you. point because it's basically going to be all of Love You. Yeah. And then I will have like maybe six or seven other songs and PJ will have zero. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, just so I don't think there's you. a point. So, but no. I was going to say, usually we don't go back to the albums till we do a little best of. Yeah. But if, if we want to do retrospectives live, I, th- I think that's totally fair game at this point. Yeah. So if you want to go back and adjust some, I think maybe for another episode, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, I um, so I, I actually this album weirdly is like gave me a lot more thoughts than any of their other shitty albums from this era. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, one thing that I thought like, so obviously this is a really terrible album. Yeah, and that the Beach Boys have been really terrible since Love You. Yeah, um, with uh, arguably some shining moments in there, or some you know pieces of, okay. of good music in there. Um. I would say pieces but is a good way to like shiny. So when when we're going through disc by disc or uh, album by album, like it's really obvious that they're really terrible. But in the last yeah. like three episodes, we've gone through about a decade, really. Yeah, from seventy six to eighty five, where like I I just feel like maybe not that we're being too mean to them, but just to put it in context, like. W- were there any 60s bands that were still putting out like legitimately good music in the mid 80s or and or were there any 60s bands that weren't going like full 80s production even if they were putting out decent music like it's just the 80s were like they enveloped the music industry in a way where like yeah. everyone was like fucking Neil Young was doing like weird 80s production. Yeah. Well, and that's why he's like the last one of the last people you'd think would the, the get 80s dragged ruined into pop it. music. I yeah. was thinking about this the other day because now every pop song, like every top 100, top whatever, top 40 hit is like overproduced el- yeah. like electronic instruments like yeah. Sang through a filter, yeah, made like, pop into just electronic in, kind of. Into yeah. they made it into its own genre, which it yeah, shouldn't yeah. have been. Um, and so the eighties, yeah, they like fucked over a lot of bands. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm honestly really happy that like Led Zeppelin uh, quit in eighty. Yeah. Well, because yeah, out of out of a lot of out of any classic rock band, they either had broken up by the time the eighties took hold, yeah. or they. They went 80s. Objectively yeah. went 80s and weren't making very good music. Like, even we were talking before we started recording a little bit about the Rolling Stones, who, yeah. like, had some, I mean, had some, like, decent selling albums from the year, and I think have yeah. some songs that I'm not that into them, but I think have I like some songs Stones, that are, like, pretty good from the 80s, like, viewed as good songs. Yeah. But, like, they might be maybe the only band that who'd been around that long who like ever released and even then they still leaned a little bit into they did not lean far into it but yeah. like we were talking about the song miss you which was 78 yeah. but you know that that 80s uh style like yeah. kind of started around 78 yeah but yeah. they did miss you and that sure. song is very like well not rock it's more disco-y kind of yeah. yeah if we want to get really pedantic i would say that there were two distinct. There was like a seventy-seven to eighty-two style, and then yeah. an eighty-three to like ninety-one. Style. I'd agree, but it it was leaning like more towards the Madonna line. Over is what we call yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I hear you though. Like it started being just overproduced was the order of the day rather than anything. Yeah. Else, well, and then people thought they could. They heard Prince and they thought they could, do rock produced like that, and only Prince can do that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a very fine line to walk. Yeah. And yeah, I even 
I like Prince a lot, but even he can be like just two eighties for me sometimes yeah. in his production, even if the songs are good. Um, but so I don't know. I just kind of like uh, not to um, say that this album isn't terrible because it is. It's bad, but just to kind of put their career in context, like I, I understand. No what one, you're no one was immune from this, you know, and mm. so. Uh, not cut them a little yeah. slack, but just understand, I guess, a little bit that pretty much any any band that was still around was terrible yeah. at this point. At, at the this, only at good this point bands, was... or not the only good bands, but the best bands from the eighties were the ones that started during the eighties. Yeah, and then or still doing punk rock from the seventies. Yeah, yeah, because at this point you were either doing essentially rock pop music or no. punk music, which was nothing like yeah. that production. So, yeah. so just kind of want to throw that throw that out yeah. there. Um. I think. Wouldn't it be funny if the Beach Boys put out a grunge album? It would have been really great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and here's the other thing. Uh, we've always known the Beach Boys to be trend chasers. Yeah. Well, post Brian. Oh, yeah. Um, like, because none of them the were that good at producing. Yeah. And so all they could really do was be like, well, yeah, we should just yeah. do whatever's popular, I guess, or like get producers yeah. to do whatever's popular. So they've always, I mean, since after their. Um, after their late sixties kind of just mishmash where they did whatever they wanted for a few years. Yeah. Like once the early seventies came about and then into the mid seventies when they started trying to like make albums people wanted to listen to again. Yeah. They were always trying to were always copying. So we should have you know, yeah. like yeah, if you if you um knew that about them, you would know that they were just obviously at some point gonna have a uh a really terrible eighties record. Yeah. Because it's it's gotta happen. Um Peter, be honest with me. Get better or worse from here? Oh, by far worse. I think <laughs> I they have, and I. I mean, I know it's really annoying that do. I keep forgetting. Um, so they have. Uh, no, because that's a compilation. I hate that Wikipedia puts compilations in the discography. That is annoying. Channel. It should. Um, they shouldn't be counted as studio. So they have one. I think they only have two official records left: "Still Cruising" and "Summer in Paradise," which we're going to cover. Yeah. And then they have a newer one from like 2011 that I don't think we're going to get to. What's that? Um, let me look. It like up. a Beach Boys album? Yeah, I'm almost positive. Huh. Interesting. Oh yeah, that's why God made the radio. You don't remember that one? It came out in like 2012. I don't remember. I didn't ever listen to it. Yeah, I feel like you'd know the album art. Like it, I don't know. Nope. Like Rolling Stone paid attention to it because they pay attention to every old Fogey album. So I stopped reading Rolling Stone in like 2011. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Um. So yeah. So they have a 2012 one that we're probably not going to get to. But um. Anyway, so they only have two more like official releases, and they're just fucking terrible. Yeah. Like really, really, they're going to be terrible. That sounds about right. Like they'll be. There'll be ones for sure, yeah. <laughs> if I can <laughs> predict. Um, technically, I haven't heard them, and I'd never heard in full this album before either, and I'm about yeah. to maybe give it a three, although I'm thinking about it. Um, I'm going to go back and also adjust something, because there's no way MIU is a three. What did I give it? You gave it a two. Uh, I give it a one. No. <laughs> LA, LA, I basically only gave a three to, because I feel like I didn't get that one. But there's some serious L.A. album defenders out there. What like on it? the message boards. You gave it a two. You give it a one. <laughs> no, there's there's some people. Like, I, I came across this comment for real on a message board the other day. I mean, it was written in, like, 1998. Yeah. But, um, which was, like, 
all of the ideas on LA album were good. Why didn't they just stick with that instead of doing keeping the summer alive? Yeah. Which is like pretty wild. I'm not sure what album they were hearing. What? Yeah. But it's also like, I don't know what we say about some of the early 70s That's true, stuff. Yeah. So it was it, like, it, maybe it is there is a, something there. Yeah. It but may be a generational thing where like, we weren't really maybe paying attention to the beach boys when they were still putting, I mean, we weren't alive, but yeah. uh, we, we weren't put, paying attention. So like, us reviewing it now from a 2019 perspective is like, yeah, we have hindsight to. I'm gonna go ahead and do two, just yeah. because I think I'm That's overestimating that I will ever listen to this again. I do think I'm putting "Passing Friend" on a playlist for my girlfriend who really likes 80s music, uh, and will dig the like Humble white break. soul kind of thing. And then I will always listen to "Get You Back," honestly. Um, All right. And those might be the only two I really ever remember off this, but I really do think this is one of those albums where, like, if you just, if you use the skip button four times out of 11 songs, (laughs) then you have a not terrible album, but. I don't know about that, but okay. That might not be a good thing. So, any last thoughts on The Beach Boys from 1985, PJ? They should have called it quits. Yeah. In. Oh, yeah. 82. When Dennis died, they should have stopped. Yes, agreed. they should have stopped before that. But like, yeah, but that should have been the official. Just we're gonna go solo, or like yeah. Mike and Al are just gonna tour as the Beach Boys and not release new music, kind of yeah. thing. Like, because they're probably just making more done, money from man. touring than anything. Oh yeah. So they and at this point, I think that. they're probably just making records to have like new stuff to tour off of. You yeah. know, but who wants to fucking hear that? Shut up and play well, the hits, assholes. Yeah. Um. One one very last thought. I do kind of like this album cover a lot. It's plain white and it giant block letters. It just says Beach Boys on it, and then inside the letters is like a painted ocean beach scene. See, that's and very I strange because kind of think it's dope. Did not like this album cover. Yeah, I thought it was uh, like uninventive. I mean, it's very cheesy and it looks like a compilation album. Yeah, art. But if it was, I mean, it's it's a terrible. <laughs> Like all the songs, it's a terrible Beach Boys album cover. Yeah. But it's a really good Beach Boys compilation album cover in It'd a way that I like kind of like album. it. Yeah. It's so. not a good album cover. No. Album cover though. So, all right. Well, that's been the Beach Boys. I've been with P- the Beach Boys boys I've, and your boys. I, Don't talk over I'm, me. <laughs> I'm I'm PJ and I'm Pete. Freezing. We'll catch you on the flip side. I'm gonna wave to you from my Woody. Sure. Everybody in the USA. Could come with us to California, yeah. <laughs> we could take them to a place out.